The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 115. And Joey, I think one of us today has a new phone. Mickey Papillon is a cell phone junkie. I did make the switch and I am over with AT&T. As the rumor has been going, I did order a Centro. So I guess I would compare it to something like Mobile Utopia. Worst battery life ever. All right, we ready? Recording. Here we go. Lots of Sprint news today, plus more 3G announcements from T-Mobile and the iPhone gets a software update. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. And Joey, today we've got some great stuff, of course. Like we mentioned, there are a lot of Sprint stuff. Before we get into that, I did want to have a little discussion with you about a, uh, a little device I think you know. It's called the uh, Palm Centro. Have you, have you heard of such a device? I have heard of that. <laughs> So I've got uh, a Palm Centro in my hands this week. I'm doing uh, doing some some review on it and some kind of some real world usage with it. Uh, it's a Sprint provided device, and I've got the red one just like Joey does. So we've got matching Centros this week, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I've I've got some I've got some questions. I I, I don't get it. <laughs> I'm so I guess I'm just so uh, used to the Windows Mobile way of things that I I can't I can't seem to wrap my head around how the how you know the Palm infrastructure works anymore, and so I just I I, I feel like I, I just feel completely incapacitated, like I'm trying to drive a car on like in England, you know, like on the wrong side of the road, like I'm trying to figure out where to get in to do different things, and you know, in the the file system, and and I don't know, it's it's just so strange to me. Uh, it's just very different, but uh, a very nice phone. I I I do uh, like your choice here. It's a good one. Okay, well, so what are you having trouble with uh, specifically? Well, you know, we were going back and forth on uh, trying to get a certificate installed to get the Exchange email working, which I, uh, I never ended up getting completely resolved, unfortunately. It seems like that uh, it, it takes a little bit to get that done. And I'm sure someone who's out there and is using the Centro probably is, thinks that I'm crazy because I can't figure out how to install a simple certificate. But uh, I couldn't get the, the program installed quite right and then get the certificate then pushed over yeah, so that is a very complicated procedure i tried that myself mickey and i did not really have luck with it either um i ended up just purchasing a uh, certificate for my server but um i was not able to get it to work but i, I think it's possible but i know it's not easy it it seems like it's they've made it a little bit more difficult like here's here's the way that i did it with windows mobile and this is what i was expecting and that was I pulled the certificate directly off the Outlook Web Access website and then simply took that file, installed it on, a, on the uh, SD card, and just tapped on it. It launched, it installs right in Windows Mobile, and that, that was how that went. So I had it on my other trio on the SD card on there, and both phones have IR ports. So I lined up the IR, IR ports, tried to send the certificate from my Trio 750 over to the Centro, and the Centro shows up with an error saying there's no program that can read this this file. And so that's kind of where that ended. But it was it was one of those. And I'm thinking, okay, once it gets over to the Centro, where's it going to go? I just don't understand this file system that much. That's one of my issues. Well, it, what it was is the utility. You have to do this all on the PC side. You have to download the CXE file that will take that that uh, certificate file that you've downloaded from from your Outlook web, web access through Internet Explorer or Firefox, you then uh, drag that certificate over to the CXE uh, program. It then um, turns it into a PDB file or, or mm-hmm. whatever the other one is, or P- PDB or PRC, which then you have to hot sync that file over to the Palm, and then I think it'll either recognize it or you have to do an import on that within the phone as well, maybe to, through another PRC. But I can't remember exactly what the steps well, I made it about halfway through. I made it to the point of creating the PDB file, and then when in the process of trying to install um, the other PRC files that would install that PDB, it it, it just it wasn't working for me. And I'm not I'm not really sure why. I guess I just didn't get into it that much. So yeah, because once you hot sync those, uh, once you double click on those files, then they should be dumped into the hot sync installer. So then when you do hit the hot sync, it'll just It'll just copy them over to the memory of the device. 
Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll and have then to... they'll show, and then they'll show up in your application lists under unfiled or or all. Ah, okay. All right. So that and that's I guess what would be the file structure. So it's just kind of all out there. I'm just so used to the Windows Mobile where everything is just buried. Uh, it's not all of it's out there actually. If you want to see it all, you have to uh, download something called Files with the Z at the end of it, and then you can see all the databases and all the other files that are in the the file system of the memory of the Centro. Uh, the thing that shows in the application launcher launcher is just the applications that are executable. Gotcha. Now, if I were to throw some files on the the memory card, how how am I getting access to those? In the application uh, launcher in the home screen, uh, there's a, a drop down that says micro SD. Gotcha. Uh, the top one. Okay, I see that. The card, and there's. Uh-huh. Yes, I've got nothing on mine, so it doesn't have a lot to do for anything. But anyway, that's uh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, other than that, I've got, uh, I've got the Sprint mobile email set up, which uses the IMAP idle uh, functionality from Gmail, and so I'm able to see all my emails in real time as they come in, which is actually very nice, uh, so I don't have to leave Gmail open all the time to, uh, to look at that mail. And, uh, you know, the, the protocols for... Um, you know, for synchronizing, I seem to work pretty well with with HotSync. I installed um, I installed the Palm Desktop HotSync application or whatever it's called, and all my calendar and contacts and everything uh, synced over just fine. Because I'm obviously not doing it over there because I couldn't figure out the certificate problem. Sprint TV works really well. I this is the third device that I've had that's had that Sprint TV on there, and I. I do like that. That's pretty neat. It's it's certainly a fun way to waste a couple of minutes if you if you've got the time. Uh, the camera on it, Joey. I think you've mentioned this is is quite poor. Um, it's dreadful. Yes. It, there's nothing to nothing that I would ever want to rely on for taking pictures. That's for sure. But um, you know, overall, it's a Palm device, right? I mean, that's 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 the thing. They've they've really they've added a lot of fun stuff to it. And but at the same time kept it the same for so people that are used to the Palm operating system will get a good um, or have a good knowledge of how to operate this device. The keyboard, like a lot of people have figured out, really is is very usable. In fact, I feel like I can, as I get confident in it, in how small the keys are, I can type pretty good on it, and I very few misses on it when I'm texting. I've been you know texting back and forth with it, and it seems to work fairly well. Um, the battery itself for me is working well cause I don't have push email on about two days and, um, I don't know what else to say about this one. It's, it's a nice, very nice size and, uh, it, it works very well. Um, the, the sprint network has been nothing but positive for me. And again, on this device too, it's worked well. It, se- it seems like almost everywhere I go has, has very good signal strength. So sprint is, is definitely a, a decent provider and it's got a decent network. So that's kind of what all I wanted to say about that. But anything else we should we should talk about the Centro? I feel like we've been talking about it for like eight months now since you got yours. But that's okay. Finally, I get a chance to play <laughs> with one, you know? Well, did you play with uh, P-Tunes at all and uh, look at the internet radio station list? That's kind of fun. Uh, you can actually of uh, play most YouTube videos on it. Um, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of multimedia capability, surprisingly, on it. Yeah, uh, the whole, you the whole um, you had mentioned this. You can click on uh, and play the cell phone junkie episodes absolutely d- directly from it. That's really neat. I like that too. That's not something that I've had uh, the op- option to do on devices before. So the way I do that, it's it's actually a little convoluted, but not too much. I actually copy the link for the MP3 directly. Uh, I copy it to the clipboard, and then I go into P Tunes itself and uh, add it as an internet radio station. And then uh, every week I just edit the radio station, change the you know the, the the number of the episode from you know 114 to 115, and then I play it that way. Just because then it, the uh, player uh, P tunes plays in the background. Oh, I see. And so you can do other things while you're listening. Yes. Now, are you able to pr- play that over your Bluetooth as well, or is that no? Nope. You'd have to install a uh, uh, soft soft stick uh, audio gateway to get A2DP. That's right. That's right. I think we had mentioned that on a previous show. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, they they've done they've done a good job with this, and I, I it's I'm having a lot of fun playing with it, and uh, you know, it's it's good. I'm I, I'm pleasantly surprised with it. Let's just put it that way. I didn't I didn't know how I was going to react to this one because it had been such a long time since I'd used 
um, you know, since I'd used the Palm operating system in the past. So, yeah, good stuff. Well, hey, let's uh, let's move on here. Next real quick thing before we get into the news is a product called the Cell Ranger. This is a, uh, a product that enhances cellular signals. It, it is a, um, it's an antenna attached to a, uh, a cable, a 15-foot cable, and then on the other end has a transmitter of sorts that plugs directly into a USB port. And that USB port uh, will then, uh, it powers this device and gives you uh, essentially signal, en- or signal enhancement for, for cellular communication on the 800 and uh, 1900 megahertz bands. And I purchased this to not only uh, to t- test it out and to review it, but also I work in an office that has very poor signal. And it, it just seems like at the desk is where it's really bad. And, and when I step, I figured it out, it's eight paces away from, the, from where my chair is. I have four bars of service with AT&T. And when I sit at my desk, I've got essentially one or none or edge or no signal. It's just it, it flips back and forth between them. It's, it's pretty poor. And so I, I bought this device, the Cell Ranger, and installed it this past week and used it for three days. And when I first got it, I installed it up in the ceiling, put the antenna up onto a, uh, a metal beam above the drop ceiling in my office ran it down, uh, professionally installed it with a, a, a cover plate through the wall and then ca- had the cable come out, plugged it into my laptop. And it, it looked like it was working pretty well. Uh, the, the iPhone had gone from showing almost no service to showing four or five bars. Um, the, the Centro, which I had there as well, was showing you know three to four bars. And that was up from two to three bars, so that one wasn't quite as dramatic. But I figured it was it was working pretty well. And at one point, Joey, I had called you, and uh, you know I was just going to see how how it sounded. And uh, shortly thereafter, I posted up a a comment, and I said, you know, hey, this it actually seems so far working okay. And uh, then I started uh, trying to make calls because calls weren't coming through, which is part of the reason I'm talking about this. Uh, and as I would make a call, if it would go through, if I didn't get the call failed or, you know, uh, not available to make a call, uh, the, the person on the other end said that it was absolutely inaudible and it just was not, it was not something that I'd be able to use. Um, I put up a video and I'm going to put the video in the show notes and it is just a quick, uh, kind of showing what happens and I'm using the Centro to call, my iPhone. And you'll see in the video that the iPhone has five bars of service and you'll see it's directly right next to the cell ranger. And, and I don't know if it's just my situation and based on how I have this thing set up because it, it's showing that it's, the phone's got full service and throwing the, the phone into field test mode, I go from somewhere above negative uh, 100, I guess it would be below, negative 100 uh, dBm to in uh, somewhere in the se- the seventies, the negative seventies, which is you know where you would find for full signal strength in many cases and on many phones, and so I figured that I would have like I said no problems with it, and it was just I don't know Joey like some something's up something's not right. Um, I had some people on Twitter that uh, were saying you know hey this is great when I first posted it uh, the article is saying that it was improving my signal, and I'm glad I, I cautioned them because. At, at this point, I, I can't recommend it. I just haven't had a, uh, haven't had the experience with this to say that it's going to work for somebody other than showing that you have more bars. Keep in mind, your situation could be totally different than mine. And I just I had a real hard time with this thing because when I bought it, I went back and forth with the manufacturer on it a lot about questioning the length of the cable because a 15 foot cable does not get you very far. I mean, it is. Fortunately, I was able to go up above a drop ceiling directly above my head, uh, and, and it's got a, a magnetic base on it that I put onto a, a steel beam up there. But a lot of people don't have that situation. And one thing they say is if you can get it next to a window. And I'm going, yeah, but it's 15 feet. And, and the, the deal is with it, it provides coverage of about a six-foot radius. That's what they say, because it's, it's a fairly low-power thing that uh, will hopefully, you know, if you can get, so if you can basically get an antenna by a window and then plug it in, hopefully in that six foot area around where the thing is plugged into your computer, you're going to have good service. But it's just, I don't know. It just, it, it seems almost like a, 
just a, just a little bit too low power, maybe a little gimmicky. I hate to say a negative thing about this, but um, unfortunately, I, I can't recommend it because it just it, it's, it did not work for me. So if you were following me on Twitter and you saw what I was saying about it before, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about it. So unfortunately, Joey, I didn't have a chance to talk to you on it, but it just, it just wasn't working. Well, I suppose the only other option you have is to uh, go get a real um, you know, cell phone repeater. Which of course substantially more expensive, but then you'll actually yeah. it'll actually work for you. I mean, it's it, more of a real device that has the power you need to to you know have a a long antenna and then actually have a, a strong repeater for inside. But then again, you didn't have this issue with your uh, Trio seven fifty, did you? I didn't, and it, it, I kind of had some some thoughts on that too because when I had when I had first bought that phone. I just figured AT&T service was just fairly good. It'd come a long way, and, and it had really, you know, it, it was fine. Uh, then I, I started using the BlackBerry Pearl for a while, and I figured that because it was on the Edge network, that that's why my service w- had degraded, and it wasn't, because it wasn't on 3G, it was on Edge, it wasn't working as well. And then when I tested out the, the Diamond, I kind of found the same thing, that in that office, the service was, I mean, I was constantly in no service with the Diamond. Um, the BlackBerry was at like, you know, one bar or zero. I mean, it was barely hanging on. And the Trio just kind of cooks along. You know, it's usually at two bars, sometimes dropped down to one. But, I mean, I could keep that thing in my pocket. You know, it didn't, didn't matter where it was. I was always, it always got calls on it. Very reliable. And I think that it had to do with that phone versus all the other phones. And so, unfortunately... The iPhone on 3G doesn't seem to be nearly as powerful as the Trio was. And so it, it, it's, I don't know, I'm just having a real, real bad experience with AT&T's network right now, which is really unfortunate because the Trio had worked so well. Well, it sounds like you're going to have to just go back to the Trio. <sighs> Man, I tell you. Anyone want to buy an iPhone? Anybody? Five bucks. Just offer me. F- I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm not geez. selling it for five. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, f- I'll, well, I'll have to if, figure yeah, it if, out. I mean, there's no point having a cell phone if it doesn't have coverage. I mean, you might as well just cancel your account at that rate. You know, go over to Sprint or something because there's yeah. no point in having a cell phone that doesn't work in your office. I mean, literally, because you're there many, many, many hours a day and you need to get phone calls yeah, and but, emails. And if it's not working, what's the point? I know. I know. About 10 hours a day. Yeah. And it's, it, it just, it frustrates me to no end during the week. And then of course you get to a weekend and now I'm sitting at home and I'm, oh yeah, I got three bars of 3G coverage here. And of course I popped the, the SIM out of the iPhone, put it in the trio for most of the day today and had full coverage with 3G on that. No problems at all. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm thinking seriously about what, what the next steps are with it. And um, I picked up a, a prepaid SIM card this week on T-Mobile just to play around with the T-Mobile network on the Diamond, and uh, it's working very, very well. T-Mobile is, seems to have great coverage pretty much anywhere I go, and this is comparing the T-Mobile Edge network with the AT&T Edge network, and the, the coverage is better. Um, I'll just say that. It seems much better than AT&T at this point. So I don't know. Got a, got some decisions to make with that, and uh, at this point I guess I'm just going to, you know, Hang on to my rollover minutes and watch them because I can't really use the phone to talk. So the minutes just keep adding up, you know. It's the great thing. So basically, I have an unlimited plan with AT&T right now, except I can't make calls in my office. So anyway, we'll figure out what happens with that. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. But let's get into the news here. Uh, 20 minutes in. I suppose we should probably do that. Uh, first thing we wanted to talk about this week is uh, the up. Uh, the information came out on Sprint's uh, earnings for the second quarter. And the announcement uh, wasn't real good. Uh, loss of $344 million, or approximately $0.12 cents per share, uh, translated to 901,000 subscribers were lost. That brings Sprint's network down to 51.9 million subscribers, compared with the 68.7 for Verizon and 72.9 for AT&T. And uh, CEO Hesse uh, was actually fairly optimistic, though, saying that a lot of the people that they lost were the people that uh, he calls were interested in, in quality, not quantity. And I guess a lot of the people uh, that they lost were people that weren't paying their bills and had overdue balances and stuff like that. At least uh, that's what he's trying to get the, the times to believe with this. But it, uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to imagine just you know, quarter after quarter, Sprint kind of in this, this spiral that we've talked about so many times. That uh, you know they are they've 
you know, they hit this plateau, I guess, about a year ago where they were just under 55 million subscribers and they just keep, you know, dropping a million subscribers a quarter. Um, and I, I don't know. As a Sprint customer, what are your thoughts, Joey? Well, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen any degradation in their network service yet, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I, I Hopefully they won't, because if they're losing subscribers, that means their, their capacity should actually be going up, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe uh, they need to lose a bunch of customers in order for them to kind of regroup and get their customer service back in order and get their name you know, back up to kind of a, you know, where people maybe attribute it with quality instead of just super poor customer service. But even once their service is, is good again, which of course there's absolutely no progress been made on that as far as anybody's uh, reported so far. And once that's done, I mean, it'll take uh, a good, you know, good five years before people start trusting them again. So this is something that's uh, going to continue on for a long time, losing customers, I believe. There was an article this week that I was reading about what this one individual's thought on the the slipping of Sprint, and it, it all came down to a lack of um, innovative hardware. And I, I didn't really agree with it because when you think about Sprint, they, with the exception of AT and T, I think they have the most recent hardware. I think they get the the newest devices out there because. The Centro, for example, was the first phone. Uh, they were the first network to come out with that. And then look at the HTC, you know, branded devices that are coming out for it. So I, I wouldn't agree with that. No, it's definitely not. Uh, there's very rarely does Verizon have a, a jump on Sprint as far as a CDMA phone. Uh, rarely. Um, I mean, it's device after device that Sprint has ahead of time that are usually way more exciting than the Verizon counterpart. I mean, the Touch came out way earlier the uh, mogul the 6800 was way earlier central was a year uh, you know what nine months uh, earlier uh, mm-hmm. or a year mm-hmm. um, boy there's the list goes on we're going to be talking about one later on today too so yeah I, it has to think a lot to do with with just the quality of the service uh the customer service that customer they're providing service, yeah. Um, and, and it's just, they're, they're not doing what they need to do to hang on to these customers. So, um, anyway, we'll, uh, you know, I guess we'll just kind of keep watching them and we'll see how they go. And, you know, I I suppose some of this could be from the iPhone too. I mean, I I guess, you know, maybe the people who want new, fast, great devices jumped over to Sprint because they had some, you know, early, early phones out that were exciting. And now that now, since they're early adopters, maybe they're jumping over to the iPhone or some of the AT&T's devices. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty good theory. I could see that. Um, I, I would, uh, I guess, I would hope that people would choose a, a service provider based on the service that they provide, and, and hopefully go after a, a handset second. But I know that's not always the case. I know a lot of people, you know, for example, will jump to AT&T just because of the iPhone. So anyway, but uh, got a couple more Sprint things to talk about briefly here. Um, I was, you know what? I was going to throw one more thing in. Sprint got the uh, Instinct first and the 800W first, so they can't yeah. be slack. They're not slacking that much. Yeah, with the exception of, I think they got the uh, the curve first too, didn't they? The first CDMA curve, or if it if they didn't, it was neck and neck right with Verizon when they the BlackBerry curves came out. So anyway, there's you're right. I'm just thinking about all the different operating systems, and it seems like pretty much all of them, with the exception of the iPhone. Uh, have been out on Sprint first, so I yeah. And the EVDO Rev A was, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. first one with the mogul update uh, for a regular phone. I mean, it just it goes on. They're they're they seem very competitive with their service. Some of these these cards that they have now, um, them testing out this Pantech, uh, or excuse me, the Sierra Wireless Compass five nine seven Sprint EVDO Rev A card from them as well. And uh, these are, these are fantastic cards. It's got obviously a GPS chip built in Wi-Fi. So if you don't have Wi-Fi in your computer, you can use this built in micro SD slot. It's got all the software right on the card. So it doesn't have to, you don't have to load CDs or anything like that. Just really innovative, you know, great stuff. Um, and I, they just, I guess they're just doing what they can to, you know, to change their image. Um, but, uh, anyway, this, uh, talking about this card, kind of a good transition into the next story, which is the, uh, the capping of data for, for users on the sprint network is going to start in about 30 days. Uh, the, they've, they've 
announced this a few months ago that if you are using their EVDO wireless broadband cards, the usage is now going to be capped at 5 gigabytes per month on their network or 300 megabytes if you're roaming. And it looks like customers will be seeing a note uh, come to them in their bill saying uh, that they are exceeding the caps, and those, that's going to start in the next 30 days. So if you are a data customer with, a, uh, with a, a Sprint card, make sure that you keep that in mind as you do your surfing and or other activities that may cause you to exceed that 5 gigabyte limit. Also, Sprint is in, supposedly in talks to sell its IDEN network. This is a report uh, that was seen on CNBC. They're talking with private investors about selling off the IDEN network, which would allow the carrier to concentrate on the CDMA and upcoming WiMAX networks. Uh, NE Holdings, which runs a network in Latin America, and an unnamed group of private investors were the two parties cited as potential buyers. Uh, this kind of makes a little bit of sense when you think about the number of IDEN networks that are available in Latin America, uh, the only other really continent that has a lot to do with IDEN. Anyway, the sources told CNBC that any sale would not happen immediately, and Sprint, of course, did not comment on the matter at all. And uh, so we'll see what happens with that, because I know they are not doing real well as far as the financials are concerned when it comes to Nextel. Moving on to T-Mobile, they announced their second quarter numbers today that included, of course, additional subscribers, 668,000 new subscribers in the second quarter to be exact. That puts T-Mobile at 31.5 million subscribers, uh, still fourth behind AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint. And uh, this was a, a good move for them as they are consistently adding you know, high numbers. It looks like this is a little bit less than what they added the, the previous quarter but nonetheless, still a good number for them to see. AT&T announced this week some changes in the international services and coverage that they're offering. Smartphone users can now purchase 50 megabytes of data while roaming in 67 countries for $60 per month. Laptop card users can purchase 5 gigabytes of data in the U.S. That includes 200 megabytes of international data now for $230 a month. AT&T has also boosted the number of cruise ships where the customers can roam from 75 up to 120 and the number of total countries for roaming from 145 up to 150. On the heels of this announcement, Verizon also announced that they are in, uh, starting up new plans that include international service, including a $130 laptop plan that gives users 5 gigabytes in the U.S. and Canada, plus 100 megabytes in Mexico, and a handful of under, other countries for $20 per megabyte. Uh, so basically, if you are someone who has the Verizon service and uh, looks to travel internationally, you are going to be paying a lot of money to get the service that allows you to, to roam internationally. Uh, AT&T still looks to be a little bit better of a deal. Uh, keep in mind, too, that uh, these, these prices are uh, you know what we're seeing right now and that if you're, um, if you're on a plan that's currently different than this, you want to switch over to one of these to take advantage of those prices. Well, the FCC cleared Verizon Wireless's acquisition of Rural Cellular as well this week. And in order to complete the purchase, uh, the, uh, they are going to have to divest a number of wireless licenses in six different markets, one of them being in New York, three in Vermont, and two in Washington. The acquisition was announced over a year ago, and Verizon is paying $2.67 billion for Rural Cellular's assets in the New England, Midwest, South, and Pacific Northwest area, covering just under three-quarters of a million people. This leads to the uh, first uh, news of AT&T expanding into Vermont. Because of the divestiture of the rural cellular assets, AT&T will be one of the companies picking up the holdings in Vermont, officially entering the state for the first time. The interesting thing about this the iPhone, of course, the having AT&T be the sole provider, will now be available for the first time in Vermont. Apparently, it's, it's been a fairly big underground network of people bringing in jailbroken iPhones to function on some of the GSN networks in the area, because up until now, you haven't been able to get AT&T service in the Vermont area and would have had to travel down to New Hampshire to get it. Well, Joey, Verizon Wireless quietly rolling out the EVDO Reve push-to-talk service this week. And uh, if you would, if you can kind of 
fill everyone in a little bit about this because I think it's it, it's it they they didn't really make a big deal out of it, but I think it is because it's kind of a, a switch over from what we're used to when it comes to push to talk services over to this packet based. Yeah, it's a little different here. Um, it, it's it, it's not a Q chat, uh, which is exclusive for Sprint. Um, and it's not the Qualcomm's BrewChat. Uh, QChat's also Qualcomm, so it's a little different as well. Um, they decided to go with the Motorola uh, Winforia platform, and that's what the previous push-to-talk phones used as well on their regular CDMA network. So um, they're, they're claiming, though, that the latency and the speed issues are taken care of now on Rev A, which I, I believe them in that case. I guess we'll have to see uh, how they work in, uh, in real world, but... Um, it's, it's a little different than the standard Qualcomm uh, chipset that they're using right now on Sprint. And uh, they've got two phones out now. Uh, one is a Casio, which really shocked me because <laughs> have you seen any Casio phones? This, I mean, this has to be some sort of uh, rebranded something or another. I mean, it can't be manufactured by Casio. I, I can't imagine them building phones. And then a Motorola uh, V750 is what they call it. Both of them look like they're uh, uh, rugged construction. Yeah, both of these devices are going to be very much geared towards the construction market. I mean, that's that's the audience. And so this uh this new platform is obviously going to take advantage of the faster networks and um I'm looking forward to 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 kind of a transition away from Nextel because we all know it's not it's not going to last because of all the the issues that have come up with um the EM, EMS frequencies and so um, so this will be this will be something that we'll we'll end up probably seeing. Uh, you know, this is the first uh, Altel and Sprint will also be transitioning over to push to talk uh, similarly, but with different technologies. Yeah, I, I mean, again, you know, we had this story just a little bit ago about you know the IDEN uh, and, and Sprint thinking about selling it off. How could they possibly be selling that off with with the uh, the spectrum issues where they were supposed to vacate that spectrum? I, I'm so confused at at what what's going on here with this. And then we had a story, what, about, you know, a few weeks ago about them getting fined for not clearing the spectrum. I, I, I don't get how, what, what's there to sell? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't understand. I just don't. But anyway. I think they're going to pay someone to take Nextel off their hands because that'll just solve some of their issues. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, I, I just don't get it. Why don't they just shut it down? I mean, just turn it off. I, I, I mean, I, I get, I mean, I know uh, obviously that's not realistic, but... My gosh! Come on, just start sending people the the you know push to talk Rev A phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're going to need to do something to get the people away from them because it's a stubborn bunch that use the Nextel service because it is a quality one. Well, anyway, going back to this uh, this Verizon push to talk service, it's going to be ten dollars a month for unlimited access to the service with any line that has a nationwide voice plan, which is very similar to what they charged for the One X RTT push to talk offering from years ago. T-Mobile, uh, we talked about their new 3G network over the last few weeks, officially launched 3G in the Las Vegas market this past week on the 1700 megahertz AWS spectrum. Phones that support the uh, 3G network will be able to take advantage of it now in, uh, in Las Vegas. The, this is uh, one of only the, I think it's you know five markets maybe that they're in right now, if that. Um, there's going to be 20 additional markets rolled out between now and the end of the year, and they will be announcing additional HSDPA-capable phones and will be uh, very data-centric with them. So I, I guess that probably means things like Blackberries and the like. Uh, read that as Blackberry Bold, <laughs> if you will, because I think that's going to be one of the, the first Blackberry that will that we'll come out with uh, on this new network. So anyway, if you are in the Las Vegas area and you want to take advantage of it, there are a couple of phones that are out there. There's a Nokia and I believe a Samsung um, that are available right now with 3G. Uh, my advice, just wait. There's going to be some more coming out here and uh, you'll have a better selection and be able to use it in more markets because right now you're, I, I, I think actually we may be at two. New York and Las Vegas, I think is all we're at now. So And it, it always seems like first generation device phones, they're, they're, the radios just aren't always the, the highest quality yet. It's like they haven't quite dialed in the, the radio to pick up that frequency and, and respond just right. Yeah, so I would say just kind of hang on, hold tight. They'll get there eventually, and uh, so we'll uh, we'll keep in keep on top of them for the new markets that they're rolling out as they go. 
Well, a 25-year-old driver in Cass County, Minnesota, got a lesson this week in uh, what not to say uh, when you are caught driving 80 miles an hour in the wrong lane. Apparently, she stated that uh, she had been texting, and that's why he had drifted into the wrong lane, and uh, the Minnesota Department of Public Safety didn't like that, and they said that, uh, that the, she, this person had been arrested, uh, and that just two days prior, the state enacted a law that made it illegal for drivers to text message while operating a vehicle that is moving or in traffic. So, Joey, my guess is that that date was August 1st. Were you aware of such a law? No, I was not. I know a bunch of other laws uh, got into effect on August 1st here in Minnesota, but that one I did not see. So uh, they didn't uh, publicize that one much at all. And I, I wish there was an easy way to find out uh, what what new laws are being enacted uh, behind our backs here sometimes. <laughs> not quite as out in the public as the one in California was from July 1st. No. This but. This patrol was part of the Operation Nightcap, which apparently focuses on catching drunk drivers. Uh, But now, of course, things such as texting and talking uh, have also increased to approximately 15% of all fatal crashes from the years 2005 to 2007. So, again, we we can't stress it enough. It seems like one of the things that we we really try and and, and put put across to everybody is that don't text while driving. You're going to get yourself or somebody else either seriously injured or killed uh, or just completely lose it and, and not even have any idea what you're doing because you're just so infatuated with that particular um, activity. Well, a controller, air traffic controller from uh, Ireland was praised this past week for helping a pilot uh, land their plane after their electrical system went out and he did it all over text messaging. Apparently, the electrical system went out on this this plane that was flying in uh, in in Ireland, and the pilot picked up his telephone and tried to make a call to the air traffic controller. And I guess the air traffic controller then picked up uh, picked up the phone and and started to talk the person down. But of course, they're they're traveling through the air, and so the cellular signals are are, are not quite uh, up to where they should be, like they are on the ground when you're you know a couple thousand feet up. And so the the calls were dropped. But the air traffic controller uh, was able to grab the telephone number of the pilot and used SMS messages to uh, send him uh, coordinates and different information to get him landed safely. And, uh, yeah, so the controller was praised this week. Kind of a nice story to, to end off the news, I think. Yeah, not a, not a great situation to be in, having absolutely no power in a twin-engine uh, twin plane, especially when they uh, have no idea uh, that the landing gear is down or not because they have to lower it manually. So they just, just receiving SMS directions, basically probably just, you know, left, right, left, right um, uh, for, for direction heading to get the plane down onto the runway. And, and and probably uh, altitude as well. Uh, just the uh, controllers kept sending SMSs for course corrections to get them down on the ground. Quite the uh, use of technology, that's for sure. And uh, you know, I I, I kind of thought about this one and then said, you know what? It doesn't really matter that the person is on their phone because there's no systems on the plane that are still functioning that I could have possibly <laughs> messed up. <laughs> In this case, I think uh, the FCC may. Um, uh, may give a, a overlook here or a pass on this particular <laughs> violation of that uh, phone rule. They're going to look the other way in this case. Hopefully. Yes. Anyway, let's move on to some devices here. First off, Best Buy looks to be getting the Touch Diamond very soon in a, uh, a merchandise uh, inventory here. They've got some details on the Sprint uh, HTC Touch D, which we can only assume is the Touch Diamond, and it has the in-stock date as of uh, August 17th, 2008, and it looks like it's going to, uh, which would be, what, next Sunday? So it looks like this is going to be available in stores on the Sprint Network then. So I uh, don't know if Sprint wanted this information to get out that quickly, but uh, it did, and there it is. So look for that very soon if you are on the Sprint Network and you want to get yourself a diamond. Uh, more details on the CDMA versions of the Touch and the Diamond, and this comes from Phone Arena. And it looks like uh, Sprint will get the Touch Pro as well, and uh, it will have double the ROM on it, up to 512 megabytes. 
and a micro SD card slot, plus the keyboard that everyone is expecting to come with the Touch Pro. Expected shipping date is sometime in October, and both the Diamond and the uh, and the Pro look to have the Qualcomm 400 megahertz processor in them. I think I'm hopefully I'm pulling all this information here correctly. Um, anyway, this uh, this device will be out, like I said, in October, and as the previous story said, the uh, Touch Diamond will be out. Looks like next week. No, the uh, the Verizon version is going to have a slower processor than the Sprint version. Okay, so that was okay. That was what that's I, the four hundred. Yeah, that's the four hundred megahertz one uh, in the Verizon versions, but the Sprint one is going to be. Uh, but the five twelve, five hundred so five hundred twelve yeah. megahertz processor. The Verizon version will be a little bit slower. Um, looks like Verizon's Diamond also will drop the four gigs of internal memory in uh, in favor of a micro SD card slot. So there's another uh, differentiator between those as well. Yeah, it's a 528 megahertz, just to be completely accurate. There you go. Okay. Uh, Keeping on the Touch Diamond news, the one millionth Touch Diamond will be sold this week. Took HTC five months to ship that one millionth phone and uh, looks to ship approximately two and a half to three million units by the end of 2008. Well, a release date for the Diamond in Canada has been announced, and it is on the TELUS network. And August 14th is that date. So it looks to be uh, this Wednesday, Thursday. This Thursday, coming Thursday will be the when this phone will be out in Canada. So if you are on the TELUS network, you are uh, ready to go with this phone. Uh, also in Canada, Bell going to be the first to get the CDMA Touch Dual. This will be a the Windows Mobile 6.1 professional device that has the slide-out keyboard underneath it that comes in either a 12-key form or a 20-key form for $400 Canadian of an off-contract price. If you sign up for three years, it's down to $100, and uh, that's going to also include GPS as well. So if you are a fan of the uh, the Touch Dual, you can get that on Bell. The BlackBerry Bold is now available in the on the first provider in the world. That is Movistar, and that is a Chilean network. Looks like they've got this priced at approximately 588 U.S. dollars, or about 300,000 Chilean pesos on the two-year contract. And uh, <laughs> that's not a cheap price to pay. But if you're wanting to be one of the first people in the world to get it, you can get one down in Chile. It looks like AT&T will be the first here in the U.S. to pick it up, probably within the next month or so. The BlackBerry Thunder gets the 9530 model designation on Verizon, and a release date is finally outed October 13th for the Verizon network, the BlackBerry Thunder. More information on this as it comes. The first BlackBerry to not have a QWERTY keyboard on it, uh, or excuse me, have a physical keyboard on it, because obviously the Pearl didn't have a full QWERTY. Uh, But anyway, this is going to be uh, interesting to see what ends up with this one, because right now we've got two names for it. The first uh, announced BlackBerry Thunder name, and then the uh, latter announced Storm. So one of the two, I think I'm going for the Lightning myself, but we'll see what happens with that. On the Nokia front, the Nokia E71 uh, has gotten a lot of uh, attention in the news as of late, and uh, found it this week via way of uh, some information that a listener had sent in that buy.com has the phone for a fairly reduced price. If you go to buy.com and do a search for the Nokia E71, you'll find that it's only $399. And this is the uh, full QWERTY uh, Nokia with Wi-Fi, integrated GPS, 3.2 megapixel camera, and a QVGA display. So if you're interested in Nokias and you wanted to get yourself an E71, uh, this is a, a great price on it. Uh, this one will also have a WCDMA or HSDPA in the 850 and 1900 megahertz bands. So if you are an AT&T user, you can take advantage of that. Or if you're another GSM uh, customer such as T-Mobile, you can use it on the Edge network. But $400 for a non-contract price for this phone, not too bad. Also in the news on the E71, the boy genius said that he is having some pretty significant issues with the signal strength of the phone, saying that he's got uh, the phone barely able to get an edge connection, forget about a 3G connection. This has been uh, has been 
contemplated by many people on there saying that it could be a bad device, could be the way that he's holding it, could be a whole number of things. But many people are saying that the their experiences with the E71 have been nothing but good. And that, uh, in fact, in some cases, speeds on the E71 have been on th- the 3G network faster than any other device that people that they have ever used on their respective 3G networks. So keep take it with a grain of salt and keep that in mind if you're looking to Pick yourself up an E seventy one. Do your research. Uh, yeah, to me, I would I would make the guess that maybe uh, the boy genius got a defective phone. Quite possibly. Well, he was saying that the phone that he had originally, the pre production model, had no issues with it, and that this this latter model uh, that he got uh, was, is the one that's having all the problems. So who knows? Yeah, that really that you know. Otherwise, you'd see with with such a, a large uh, you know footprint all around the world with this device. Uh, I mean people would be going crazy if it really did have a, a major issue. So I, I, I unfortunately probably got a defective uh, phone. Yep, sounds like it. Well, anyway, let's talk about Apple here briefly. They have uh, ramped up production, uh, according to a TechCrunch claim, to 800,000 units per week. This would put them at approximately 24 to 25 million iPhones that they're going to be producing over the next year. And through 2009, looks like approximately 40 million devices that they would be producing. So if you haven't picked yourself up an iPhone 3G yet, don't worry. They're coming. 800,000 a week are being made. Got to wonder about the quality control on those, though. I, I, I know so many people that are on you know, their, their second you know, iPhone 3G already, and it's been less than a month, and just one issue or another issue or whatever doesn't seem to happen with other, you know, other manufacturers. I, I don't know. I think mine's working just fine. It's kind of hard to tell though, because the, you know, the 3G has been causing me so many problems, but that's, you know, that's what they say that it's, you know, it's working just fine. Uh, just kind of a side note on that. I was able to, I forced my phone to uh, edge this afternoon and, and uh, put it into field test mode and put my wife's phone into field test mode. And the the DBM levels were, were right at about the same. We are very close to an AT&T tower here. And so I was seeing about negative 75, negative 77 DBM on each of the phones. I mean, it, they were neck and neck. Um, I, you know, put my hand over both of them and they would both drop a little bit. And then I, you know, set them on the counter and they, I mean, they were right side by side. So the edge radio seems to be about the same and I don't see it getting signal any better than the old iPhone, but uh, it's hard to say with the 3G version. And on, on another side, if anyone knows how to put the Trio 750 into field test mode, please send me an email, questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. Joey and I, are, we're doing some searching for it before the show and, and, and can't seem to figure it out. The The typical star, 3,001 pound, one, two, three, four, five pound star is not working for this phone, and neither is the pound pound, was it debug pound, Joey? That's uh, for Sprint usually, so... Right, but just we can't just can't figure it out. And I'd love to do some signal comparison for 3G side by side, the iPhone next to the Trio 750. So if you know how to do that, please let me know. Uh, anyway, but let's move on here. Uh, the uh, uh, the next one here in devices is the Motorola Alexander. Uh, we talked about this uh, previously that uh, it was going to be the phone that Motorola was going to be creating to help them to get out of uh, this kind of rut that they're in. The specs on this phone, um, just a uh, kind of a spy shot here at this point, but a Windows Mobile 6.1 or higher operating system, somewhere in a 5 to 8 megapixel camera, an NVIDIA chip that will handle 3D graphics, a GPS, and a Q4 release date. Uh, very little other than that. And it, it uh, as far as kind of a, a brief description of from, from the picture that we're seeing, it's got a, 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 a screen that's got a slide-out QWERTY that comes out from the bottom, similar to, uh, I guess you'd say, like the Nokia N95, I guess is a good way to describe it. Uh, but it does have the full QWERTY on it. So, You know, the, the only thing, I guess, this looks bizarre to me, but this... Uh, the way it looks is it looks like it's a very tiny device. Like it may be only the size of the screen of the Centro with the slide-out keyboard that pops out underneath of it. So in that case, it actually may be a, a minuscule uh, device, which That's, that would be a, a positive. I'm thinking, I'm thinking you may be right because I'm looking at that Motorola logo now. And I, I got to imagine that's about the same as 
if like if you're looking at the centro like the the camera lens of the centro so if that's the size of the motorola logo this thing is probably only going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe two to two and a half inches tall something like that probably about as thick as the centro or so but it would be slide out from the bottom yeah in that case that 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 has some you know real advantage of being being a tiny tiny device yeah, I, I, I think that, I think they're going to have to do more than this, though. I don't think this is going to necessarily save them, unless they I get agree. get some real big marketing dollars behind it to make someone really want it. And they sell it for how much? Uh, way less than the Centro. <sighs> yeah, Windows Mobile, though. I mean, that's in and of itself that that licensing. I mean, that usually puts them at least at a hundred dollars. Oh, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Moving on, though, the Sidekick Slide. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Sidekick next week, but you're going to have to hang on to hear more about that. The Sidekick Slide uh, is getting the boot from T-Mobile's lineup. Apparently, the Sidekick 2008 is uh, going to be the primary Sidekick that's going to be offered by T-Mobile. And so if you want to pick yourself up the Slide model, which uh, is in lieu of the flip-style uh, screen of the uh, normal Sidekicks or the newer Sidekick 2008, make sure you do that sooner rather than later because it doesn't look like they're going to be around all that much longer. Into some software here, the Apple iPhone provided firmware update 2.0.1 this week, and uh, in typical Apple fashion, they are stating uh, that it will fix bugs. That's about all that we're getting out of this one. There's a lot of people that, uh, that were interested in this this operating system and and what it was going to do for the device. A lot of expectations on stability fixes, uh, radio fixes, different different enhancements to things that were causing problems for people. Some people wanted cut and paste to be included. It was not. Uh, some battery issues that they wanted addressed. Uh, it was a 250 megabyte download to get this. So very very large. The biggest build ever for an iPhone. Okay. How much ROM uh, uh, flash space does the iPhone have? Uh, well, uh, eight or sixteen gigs. I mean, it's using. So the ROM doesn't. It do, it's not in a separate area of the phone, then, huh? It's in its own. It just uses the gigabyte, uh, the standard memory. I'm assuming, and uh, the only reason I'm assuming that is, I mean, it could be somewhere complete. It's not accessible. I, who knows? Okay. I'm just curious if you knew, but uh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it probably is just part of the main main system memory, I suppose, because it's all flash. So what's, yeah. the, what's the difference, I guess, in that case? But wow, that's uh, that's gigantic. That's, <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> Amazing. A lot of people are finding it to be more stable. I, I, find it, I find it a little bit more stable. I haven't had as many resets. Uh, there was some lag with the keyboard that people were experiencing. I don't know that that's necessarily fixed. I'm still seeing some of that. Um, the OS does seem to be a little bit speedier, but then it, it's really hard to tell. Uh, if you've got a lot of contacts, uh, like I do, you're going to notice that the contacts lag has has significantly um, diminished. Uh, also, applications are installing faster when you're installing them, and backups are com- are going quicker as well. We've got a question later about uh, some of the switching from uh, GSM and uh, in, in the Edge network over to the 3G network. Uh, and I'm going to hold off to, to give my comments about that at this point. But uh, it, it's, it, seems to be, um, it seems to be okay. I, I haven't, uh, I'm, I'm still, it's still buggy. It's still causing me issues and I still am not, um, I'm still not really sold on it. Just the, the old, you know, the 1.1.4 the uh, operating system, it just seemed to be so much more stable and work a lot better. Um, my wife doesn't seem to be having as many issues as I am, but I, I know she's not as hard on her, her first-generation iPhone as I am on mine and, and trying to install and uninstall and load programs. And I just, I don't know. I, I get crashes even in the most basic programs like the web browser and Safari, and it just dumps you back to the main menu. And it's uh, it's it's like it's trying to do too much, and uh, so I'm I'm constantly rebooting when I'm when I'm getting these types of problems because otherwise it'll just it'll just keep happening until I do. Uh, that, that yeah, that doesn't sound that good. I mean, I really uh, well, what, is Apple trying to do too much here with this uh, second generation device here? Sounds like they're, they're they should have spent a little more time developing the App Store and getting the 3G iPhone uh, a little more stable before they released uh, the the App Store. On a side, Steve Jobs talked this week about how they sh- they did three different things on the same day, and it just wasn't right. They should have held off Mobile Me for a little bit because that was just a disaster when it launched, and uh, still, you know, still not perfect. 
I mean, with all the resets you're experiencing, I know quite a few other people have, you know, reset experiences and, and just not a real good experience with their phone overall. Uh, they they, they kind of jumped the gun, it sounds like to me. I mean, compared to the normal, you know, Apple fashion where everything is just rock solid. Well, I had, um, I had a, a friend here in Phoenix who, th- th- when he saw my phone, he said, I've got to have one. And so he went to the Apple Arrowhead store the day that it opened and picked up one. And it took him about 24 hours to come to the realization that it was not going to replace his BlackBerry. Um, just the amount of stuff that he does. I mean, it is um, when he is not at his desk, it is his BlackBerry is his lifeline. Uh, and he is constantly doing things, for example, with cut and paste of appointments and times and stuff like that. And, and it just the, the iPhone, just it was a joke for him. It just didn't work. Yeah, and honestly, still, I mean, as I've said before, I don't think the iPhone is an enterprise or a business device at all. I mean, it's got, yeah, it's got exchange support right now, but that's, eh, you know, that that's very limited. And of course, you can't really view Word documents, PDFs, all that stuff. I mean, it's just not. It's not a business device. It, it just isn't. It's a media phone. Yeah, they're, they've they've come a long way. I will give them that. They've they've really brought it, uh, oh. you know, to the. They've they've got it to a point where someone like me who wants to have exchange integration with it, has it now. Um, and it now has 3G. That was the other stumbling point for me, is getting it with 3G. But it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not there, you know? Um, but anyway, so the funny thing was, the, this, this person, this friend that I've got here, he returned the phone to Apple. He, he kind of forgot about it and ended up taking it back on the 14th day, took it to the store, and they were just baffled. They didn't know what to do. I mean, they're like, is there, sir, is there a problem? You know, how, what's, what's, you know, is there something, can we exchange it for you? He's like, no, no, it just doesn't work for me. I just, you know, I, I need, I need my Blackberry. This is just not quite there yet. They, they didn't know how to process the return of the iPhone with the restocking fee on it. So they just gave him all his money back. They, they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't do the 10% restocking fee for whatever reason. If it was, it may, it could have been just a glitch with, if he was, you know, with someone on the, the handheld, the symbol devices that they use for the, all the checkout stuff there or whatever it was, but they couldn't do it. So anyway, just got his, um, got all his money back for it, but they were Great. just in shock that he was trying to return the iPhone. Return it. So anyway, well, but uh, we'll see what happens here. I'm still waiting to, to find out, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to keep it or not. But um, on one last thing about it, the, the new firmware, this 2.0.1, uh, broke the pwnage tool, and so you are not able to uh, unlock the phone now. Uh, they've come out with a new pwnage 2.0.2, which I downloaded just to take a look at, and it looks like it does work for this new firmware for jailbreaking, but not for unlocking. Okay, now I, you've got to get me up to speed here because I don't follow iPhone that closely. I was under the assumption that iPhone 3G was not unlockable yet. Apparently, the first one, when the version. Uh, firmware 2.0 was I, I think that's that's what I'm reading with this is that because I thought saying, that was the iPhone the regular iPhone was unlockable but not the 3G iPhone under the 2.0 that software ver- that that very well could have been it could have just been the 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 firmware 2.0 on the first gen could still allow for unlocking um, but not yet on the 3G one what but anyway it's saying that uh, this new firmware is is causing even more issues for people trying to unlock the 3G one uh, and getting it to so that they can unlock the 3G one. Um, but I, I, I'm sure it'll happen sooner sooner than later. I don't see why it wouldn't. They've come this far, right? <laughs> I mean, they're probably going to be able to get there. Uh, anyway, uh, quick Palm news here. Uh, PDA Net for Palm OS was updated. It is now uh, version 4.1.2, available for the Trio 700P, 755P, and Centro. Supports high-speed data and uh, will allow you to, uh, you know, use that for tethering to your laptop or desktop PC for access as a modem. A lot of people like PDANet a lot. It's a Windows-only uh, client, so you have to have a, you know, a Windows um, platform. Uh, this new version has this thing called EVDO Boost. They say it can potentially double your download speed. Uh, that sounds very interesting to me. Um, I, I, I didn't find any user reviews on it uh, yet to see if it's, uh, how, how the claim really does hold up. But uh, if you have PDA net, uh, definitely update, um, 
update it for your device. Yep, $34 if you uh, have not purchased it yet. So, uh, But it is, uh, it is free to try, so always take advantage of the free trials on there. And it uh, looks like HTC Touch, uh, the, the original HTC Touch for Bell Mobility has gotten a ROM upgrade. Uh, so if you're a Bell Mobility user, uh, you can now add EVDO Rev-A capabilities, uh, the Windows Mobile 6.1 operating system, location-based services using Bell's GPS navigation application, adding support for live TV and satellite radio service, and improving the overall device functionality and stability. It is a free upgrade from htc.com. Link in the show notes, of course. Finally, in software, T-Mobile's App Store will be coming soon. Looks like something similar to the Apple application store for T-Mobile phones will be coming here. The third-party developer-based, I guess, system will allow for downloading uh, various software packages to any T-Mobile phones. This is, I think, just in my opinion, very much something just to try and pull off of the success of the Apple App Store. I, I, I don't know how much they're going to be able to, to put in there. Music, you know, ringtones, stuff similar to what they already have now, I think. I, I, any thoughts? No, it's, you know, it'll probably be just dead on arrival, most likely, I suppose. And, of course, they should have done this years ago. Yeah, yeah. All right, questions and comments. Comment from Libin. He says, Hey, Mickey, I've missed the past few weeks of your show since I was in the process of switching jobs. Anyways, I'm planning to catch up on the Miss Podcasts. I'm emailing you to let you know about the Skyfire browser. I've been playing around with it on my E71, and uh, I had been using Opera Mini for years with my Nokias, but Skyfire blows it out of the water. I like how it can handle and play embedded videos on CNN without trying to open another window. YouTube? Not a problem. It even says you are you. It even shows you the news ticker on CNN. It is truly the first mobile browser I have used that can replace my laptop. Oh, and by the way, the E seventy one is a beast. The best smartphone out there. The iPhone three. Wait a second. Just kidding. Keep up the great work. Uh, we'll be up to date with the podcast soon, Libin. Well, thanks very much for that. I've heard a lot of good stuff about this Skyfire browser. Uh, I still have yet to take the time to download it. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I've been so wrapped up in trying to figure out my iPhone and do everything with that. But uh, I've got a SIM now, like I was saying, for the Diamond. So maybe I'll have to check that one out because uh, I can still use the Diamond over Wi-Fi, which works uh, relatively well. So we'll have to, we'll go from there. Next here, comment from Thomas. He says, so after hearing episode 113, I tried to call another line to see if this slide dial service really worked. To my dismay, the phone still rang. It was only for a split second, but the missed call still showed up with my name. And if the person had their phone set to auto answer or it was quite fast, they could still answer. Very disappointing. I was hoping for a feature like my voicemail has where I can send a voicemail directly to someone else without having to call them. With the catch that they must have the same carrier. I'm with T-Mobile, but I think all the major carriers offer this. Well, Joey, we were talking about this last week, how we've been able to do that, or you've been able to do that with Sprint, uh, where you can go in and and send voicemails, right? I mean, that's something that is not necessarily new intercarrier, right? Yeah, it, that's been around for what at least ten years, Mickey. I mean, ever since we got the Sprint phones, you, if you you know you press Option Two in the voicemail system, it says you know send a message, and uh, you can send a message to any Virgin Mobile and uh, Sprint uh, Sprint customer because um, that the, their systems are connected. Um, so it's very easy to do that, and uh, it used to be uh, where you could dial a local access number because every single exchange they had. Uh, Sprint exchange, you could dial uh, mail uh, two four or whatever the whatever the, uh, the whatever it comes out to be uh, the last four <laughs> digits. I can't remember what it was, but they disabled that uh, about two years ago. So that was actually a nice kind of a, a back door to send messages uh, and receive messages when you're outside of uh, cell coverage, but still within a local calling calling area. Um, but yeah, that's been a, a long time coming. It would be really amazing if you could connect the carriers uh, voicemail systems and send messages that way but uh, i'm sure that won't be happening so it was at six two four five was that was that the numbers probably how 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 sad is this what a what a, a sign of the times i'm looking at my desk here i've got five phones in front of me and not one of them has a traditional 12 key keypad on it so i i don't even know well just hit the green button on the central or the phone button on the central and then you can see it well, let me let me let me do so. Hit my 
And then we got M six two four five male. Yep. Next one here, a comment from Harry says, I switched back to the curve. Uh, the tilt feels very clumsy now compared to the curve. I fly through it. Everything seems easier. And of course the connection never drops. Don't know what the, uh, what don't know what's the difference, but with the curve, the only time I lose connection is when I'm out of AT&T coverage, like up around big Sur on the California coast. No coverage there. So if you're going through this, I know you must. it must drive you nuts. The whole thing is, uh, you, you think about these factors. Number one, did I miss a call? Number two, did I miss an SMS? Number three, did my mail stop syncing? Number four, is this download going to finish? Number five, is my Wi-Fi connected? I hate worrying about all that stuff. I remember years ago when I bought the HTC Sprint 6700. Somewhere I read or heard the current crop of 3G in the U.S. stinks. Wait for 4G. Glad I tried 3G. The speed is fine. Just wish it were more reliable. Good comments there, Harry. I couldn't agree with you more at this point. I'm just still just not uh, not infatuated with it like I was with the, the 750. So anyway, uh, moving on. Question from Ralph. He says, hey, uh, has the latest firmware improved the edge to 3G handoff issues on the iPhone? A coworker was looking at getting one, and I was unsure on what to tell him. Thanks, Ralph. So this is what I was talking about earlier, Joey. Uh, when it comes to the handoff, I have yet to travel from an area of 3G coverage to edge coverage. Um, I don't talk as much as I used to on my phone in the car, so I, I don't have real good um, uh, a real good ex- think explanation to say whether or not it's working or not. What I will say, though, is that the... What, what I was finding before is if there was any sort of like hint of 3G in the area, the iPhone would cling to it, even if the signal was unusable, uh, whereas the edge connection or the edge signal may have been, been fine. And now what they're finding is that, uh, that once the, the, the 3G signal drops to a level that's not usable by the phone, usually when it gets to one bar of service, if uh, edge coverage is available, and it's it's better than the 3G coverage. It will switch over to it, which I appreciate. Um, and so I would say that they have they have fixed it uh, to a certain extent. I've read a lot of people on Twitter that have said that yes, indeed, it has fixed this issue. Um, but uh, I don't know that it's yet uh, to be uh, totally solidified. Um, obviously, there there's going to be issues with that handoff because it is from uh, one network to another, and there's always the the chance that it could be dropped. And I'm sure it'll it'll continually improve um, with new software releases. I, I'm at least I'm sure. I, I would hope it would. I, I I would imagine the hardware is probably pretty pretty standard out there. So as long as they get the software working correctly, it 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 should improve over time. Yeah, I, I would think so too. And finally today, uh, we've got a story here uh, out of Sri Lanka and a. Um, there were actually two two interesting stories that we were talking about uh, before the show that we wanted to finish off with. One was one about a German ban of using the GPS services on a smartphone, but we decided to hold off on that one for this one. And that's a new law that Sri Lanka is using to help cut down on threats of terrorism by requiring all cell phone owners to carry around a certificate of ownership with them at all times. Uh, meaning no sharing of cell phones. This law uh, will will allow people to uh, to carry the certificate that has the phone and IMEI uh, number tied directly to this person. I, I don't even know what else to say about this, but thank goodness we don't live in Sri Lanka because I would have definite problems with that. I'd have to carry a binder around with all the phones that I have with me at any given time. So anyway, if you have any questions or comments... You can send them to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or give us a call 206-203-3734 and follow us always on Twitter, twitter.com slash GT2697 or twitter.com slash Proby. Joey, as always, thank you very much and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.